Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. installment of the Run to Daylight podcast. I'm your host, Todd Burrows. The sound quality might be a little bit better. I'm back on a microphone after using my phone for quite a while. Um, It just was a kind of a bummer to spend so much for a mic and have it break. Uh, But now um, I'm doing a Rotoviz pod, as I'm sure most of you know, and I needed a mic. So hopefully the sound quality is a little better. Uh, we're going to be bringing in frequent contributor to the show, Joseph Paino. You can find him on Twitter at P-A-E-N-O. Paino is the name-o. And I'm Todd with one D, at Todd from PA. And it's good to be back on Run to Daylight podcast. Joe and I enjoy doing podcasts together, so I'm really glad to have him on. We just decided to have some fun today and do a pod, so we're going to review each other's SFB7 drafts to this point, kind of give you an in-depth look at not only who we got, but our thought processes. I've been doing a lot of these SFB uh, draft shows where we have three or four people on. This is not an official SFB podcast, but I thought it would be fun for Joe and I to do that. And then we're just going to go through some of the news and notes in the NFL and and just talk and have some fun. So without further ado, Joe, are you there? I am here. Thanks for having me on, Todd. Oh, I'm glad. Uh, I, I ended up taking a nap and uh, – and then I woke up and, you know, I had something else I had to do. And I thought it, we, you could just call in on Skype and I could call in on Skype. And for some reason it was trying to charge us. So that's not good. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to kind of feel the vibe here. You know, you're getting to be a big shot now. You got your other Rotoviz radio pod going on. You got this fancy microphone. You're making me call in on the phone, you know. Um, you know, I kind of see where this is going. You know, you're forgetting you're taking a nap. You know, like it's it's okay, it's okay. We'll make it work. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is, I I've had trouble in the past where people come in and then they break up, and Skype is uh, Scott Fish actually told me that that Skype is the best way to do blog talk. And I didn't know about the charge part. So I'm going to have to talk to them a little bit and find out what the deal with that is. But I find that the phone is, you know, it's not the best sound, but it is consistent where when people call, like I had this, I had TJ Hernandez on and he was talking about all this great stuff. 
and it was crackling and popping and, and it was frustrating. So um, I might actually, you know, I love doing these shows live, but now that I know how to record, I, I might just start uh, doing that and then we could record on Skype and, uh, and uh, you know, just upload it. Hey, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty fancy now, like I said, but um, you know, I don't care. I love talking football. So I'll call in from a tin can. I don't care. I could call, I could do smoke signals. It doesn't matter. I could do more. It, shows, it, it actually it sounds like you're calling in from a tin can. <laughs> Well, I got a microphone, Todd, but you won't let me use it. I know, I know. It's all my fault. I, I, I get it. Um, you, you know, for, you know. First, you pick on me for my, you know. I mean, you, you're the type of person who picks on someone's handicap. You pick on the fact that I only have one D all the time. That I was born D handicapped from birth, and uh, you know, you just want to keep busting my chops, but that that's okay. Oh man, the best though. Ross Tucker busted your chops. I'm just getting started. Ross Tucker though, like that was the best. Hearing on, uh, you know, on his show, busting your chops on, you know, your mom naming you Todd with Wendy. That was the best. That was the best. Well, you know what's funny is, and I'm glad you brought that up because we talked before the show. And it was very friendly. And I, I, you know, and I went through the whole thing about the one D and he was laughing and I said, you know, and I said, you know, I forget how, whether him or I, you know, but we basically agreed that he was going to bust my chops before because we thought it would be good radio. And obviously it worked because everyone thinks he was like really digging into me on that. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's good for radio. Well, it was, and and that was what was fun was that we did joke around, and it made, uh, you know, look that feast episode was a, a big deal for me, and you know Ross and I have been friendly for a while, um, you know I, I'd love to say that it's just because of what I'm writing and stuff, but you know I've been calling into his Are radio you? show for three or four years. I joined Tuckheads. What's that? Instead of getting serious. Well, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's one of those deals where, you know, people sometimes will ask you, well, how did this happen? You know, it, it's like, it just happened. Well, yeah, it's all just happening now, but I invested a lot of time energy into making it happen. And then it all happened at once. But, you know, uh, you know, I'm on Tuckheads. You know, we've talked, we've emailed, um, we've talked on the air. Uh, you know, when I call up on the NFL Network, I'm always, you know, talking about his sponsors and Tuckheads, and and uh, I'll bring up, you know, his podcasts, and you know, so it, I mean, I wouldn't say we're buddies or friends. I, I've never met him in person, but. You know, I I invested and he, you know, and it's a lesson that, you know, you want to build relationships in this business wherever you can. And no, it's amazing. Todd, it's awesome. You know, I bust your chops, but I'm super excited for you. Um, you know, all the uh, all the stuff that you were doing behind the scenes, you know, for a while and, and with your pod and, uh, you know, just you do treat people really well. And I, I think that's a big part of it. You know, I think that's a huge part of it. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited for your success and the momentum you got going on. So, man, yeah, that's 
That's amazing. But I will continue occasionally, you know, give you a little good. Uh, oh, good I love it. Here that, there. That, that's what I want. I want, you know, I, I want, you know, a lot of times I have guests on and they'll say, you know, it just felt like a couple friends talking. Well, that's exactly what I want to hear when I tune into a podcast. You know, you can have the best information in the world, and I want to have very good information also. But I, I think people sometimes forget that we're also trying to, or we should be trying to entertain the audience. And as far as being nice, you know, that's my brand. That's who I want to be as a person. You talk about like having you back on and you and I've talked privately, you know, I I want people who supported me when my pod was getting 25 and 50 listens all the way up to recently where, you know, if I get 200 listens, it's a good pod, you know, compare that to Rotoviz who gets 6,000 listens on average for a pod, you know, I'm small potatoes, but the people who were willing to do my pod, when they, they didn't need to, you know, I'm going to do my best to help them get on Rotoviz when it makes sense and anything else that I do. That's awesome. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate you remembering the little guys. <laughs> well, I, I, I still think of myself as a little guy. Uh, I'm, I'm okay. the fattest little guy you'll ever meet, but um, <laughs> let's get into SFB seven. We'll start and I'll kind of interview Joe about his draft. And then we'll turn it around and we'll talk a little bit where he kind of interviews me about my draft. And speaking of which, I probably should send you the link to my draft, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, you took a nap and just kind of left me hanging. I was like, man, make me call him from a phone. I don't even know what's going on. But, hey, we're we're having fun, man. We're having fun. Absolutely. All right. Hold on a second. I'm going to get you a link. I am in. I'm in the, and then now, now I'm not going to be able to find yours again. Hold on, this is funny. I got. We're doing got it live. Yeah, you're not, you're not used to this now, Mr. Rotoviz, Mr. Football Diehard. You know, I, I, I think I, I think that's the way you should address me from now on. Oh gosh. <laughs> you can't get too, you know, you can't get too big time unless you change your AOL, uh, you know, email address. I I actually, you know, I'm such a screw up. I keep that for because I've had it forever. I I use my Gmail for 90%, but half the time when I go to mail, I don't know which one I'm I'm writing from. So, like I got people sending me emails from like four different email addresses. It's 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 embarrassing. Uh, I do oh, keep my business email separate so I don't have that problem. All right. So, I found Stitch again. And, uh, you know, you were in one of these groups of death. In yeah. fact, I think you're in the toughest division uh, out of any that I've seen. Yeah, I, I, it's it's really tough, man. I was looking – I thought I was doing okay, and then I was looking at everybody else's drafts after I, like, you know, posted mine. I was like, oh, my God, like, mine sucks compared to everybody else's. Like, like you got – you know, Leonard Fournette in round three, you know, at the end of round three almost. I got him in the beginning of round two, so I feel like a donkey. <laughs> Wait, when when did you get him? I, I was, I'm i pretty aggressive. I was probably the highest on Fournette out of anybody, and I, 
I think I took them at two. Just, just tell me when you got them. Jeez, jeez, I'm looking. No, no, I I, I, there's a reason. When? Yeah, 202. Oh, thank you so much. Say 202 again. 202. I got him at 202. (laughs) Yeah, you love love that. You love that. No, I I, I probably earned it on that one. Yeah, my whole team. You could do that for my whole team. Let's let's go through first of all, let's go through the people in your division because if you win this thing, Pano, you deserve a higher profile. Um <laughs> Eric Crane, who won didn't he win a million dollars last year? And let's see here. I, I think, think he won a million dollars. I think yeah, I think Rotor he won the, uh... Eric Crane. Nixon, who's a rock star, and when I mean literally a rock star, he he's He's in uh, Framing Hanley's, and he's very good at fantasy football, too. T.J. Calkins, who's one of the smartest guys I've run into on Twitter, except maybe he might not be smarter than John Proctor, who's in the fourth spot. Poor Mark Hava, who I've never... Oh, that's Megatron. Your other fan is friggin' Megatron. And then Taylor, who's very good in her own right, the FF ghost who's, you know, just does like, you know, people pay for his, like experts pay for his rookie stuff. Ken Moody, yeah. who's, you know, brilliant. Seth Inselman, who's done like 300 MFL 10 so far. Mitchell Renz is very smart. And then, and <laughs> Dave Richard of CBS Fantasy. And then you. Yeah. Then there's me. Then there's me. I'm I'm down there at the very bottom. That that guy down there. That that little old fan. But yeah, I'm in a freaking division of giants. I'm just Anyone trying to like stand on their shoulders. in the division of death, that's not in your division, is lying. Like I've. I mean, there's some all. good divisions. I, I, but this one is insane. This is crazy. Like you should petition Scott Fish to pick your division next year. Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, 111, yeah. you went Jordan Howard. Um, I am going to rate each one of your picks. And this one I'm going to go, I think at 111, that was a really good pick, Joe. Tough one. So, tough on the one, board I... at the time, Antonio Brown, Devonta Freeman, and Dave Richard, you know, he followed up by going Antonio Brown. And, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll get to the whole wide receiver thing when we do my draft. But I think the people who are in the know were, were doing this draft zero wide receiver. And then you did come back with Fournette. I mean, no one knows what he's going to be because he is a rookie, but I mean, I I can't blow that pickup. I I, I it, yeah, you reached a little bit. Who else was on your radar at that pick? So okay, so this it was a tough spot because I was really hoping that um, you know I would get a little luckier and get like either one of the top QBs like Brady might be there or maybe like uh, you know somebody in that 
Ajayi range or something. Howard was like the next kind of tier down, so I was kind of, I don't know. I wasn't too thrilled. I mean, I'm, I still like the pick, but I, I still had to think kind of hard, and it was it was a tough call. But um, I think it was between – it was like be, between him and um, uh, Freeman, I think, was kind of like the two uh, players I had projected the, the closest. So them yeah, two and I, Fournette were kind of right there. I, I, and then Freeman went the next pick. I, I think that that is uh, absolutely a very good pick. Uh, the Jordan Howard pick. The only guy that I look at that maybe I would have taken instead of Fournette was Kelsey because I I think, and again, we'll get into this when it's my turn, but uh, I think the system tight end is really important. We go on to the third round and you took Kirk Cousins. I was, I and was then you say take, Kelsey was probably the I forgot you're right that was that, he was on there too it was between him and if I went um, running back it would be Freeman and Howard so yeah I was it was a tough call I might I may have uh, you know Kelsey may have needed to be the pick there yeah well uh, I can't blame you for the four net pick I mean it's a little bit of a reach but when you're in a division like this you know you're gonna have to do some reaching. Uh, I, I mean, you get definitely get a pass on that. And then you come back and you're in the midst of a pretty big quarterback run and you're in the 11 spot. You heard my pod. You know how I feel about the runs in this draft. And you come back and take Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott. And I, I, feel, like, uh, I feel like you kind of deserve – where's my bomb? Oh, <laughs> I feel like you kind of deserve that. Um, y- you know, um, you got your two running backs. Now you got your two quarterbacks. You, you, the, you know, Greg Olson was off the board. Reed was off the board. Um, yeah, I, I can't blame you for that. So now we go down to your uh, go to your fifth round pick. And you went back to the uh, running back um, and you took Dalvin Cook. And then you came back with your first wide receiver, Doug Baldwin. I mean, I'm not going to blow up Dalvin Cook. Wait, hold on. Mm. Yes, I am. (laughs) And again, you know, this is all being done in fun. We both know that Cook could be dynamite. uh, But... Murray's there. It's just it's tough to predict him. Uh, let's see who else is on the board. I, I like you know you went uh, you went Baldwin because the wide receivers were starting to go. You know the only thing that I could argue is maybe again tight end Kyle Rudolph went a few picks later. Did you consider taking tight end with one of those picks? Yeah, you know that like a, this is just to kind of give my thought process. This was really tough because I was at, being at the eleventh spot, you know, um, and in the uh, you know the just being right next to the turn is really tough, man, because you just don't know uh, what's going to be left your next pick. So you're kind of trying to figure out where those drop offs are. And for Baldwin, he was you know I wasn't really looking to go receiver, but he was like the last of the Mohicans for me, like in that teardrop where like you know it was going to be another thirty 
fantasy points or so a drop off in my opinion. So I went with Baldwin there. Um, and, uh, but yeah, Kyle Rudolph was, was there for sure. I was really, um, that was a tough, that was a tough one. I, that was another one I was really thinking about. So, um, could have, could have taken Rudolph there, but I, I went with Baldwin cause I felt like he was the last of the, uh, the top receivers there. All right. So we did your first six picks and now why don't we go over and kind of look at mine? Um, uh, and I'll just give everyone, I went into this draft with a very, 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 and if you listen to my SFB pods, it shouldn't be much of a surprise that I wasn't going to draft wide receivers, that I was going to resist the urge no matter what. And that my draft, you know, I was just hoping that late, you know, starting in the eighth to 10th round, I could maybe take my first guy and it wouldn't be too bad. But my feeling is that tight end quarterback and running back are so valuable in this system that you really need them. And that because wide receiver, you can get decent guys late. I'm just hoping, and because it's not a best ball, my goal was to find guys who could score 10 points a week at the wide receiver position late. I'm not looking for super performance, but you know, touchdown guys and guys who get consistent points. Because, again, unlike a best ball where, you know, a, a Kenny Stills who gives you three, four big weeks is great in the 13th round, I, I'm more likely to take a Cole Beasley in, in this draft. So you want to interview me about my picks now? Man, I would love to. I'm trying to find – uh, I, I, I send it to you on uh, DM on Twitter. Okay, there we go. There we go. All right, so let's get this going here and pull that up. But yeah, it was a. It's definitely an interesting format. I love how you kind of have to kind of um, you know balance out not just strategy but kind of you know just navigating value strategy and really not knowing what people are going to do. That's the coolest part. Is it's really not that predictable. Well, and you and I, you know, I have the 10 spot. So basically, you you know, we both had to really be considerate of the runs. Right, right. Okay, let's start it off here. Todd, so we got Todd with 1D. With the 110, you got Drew Brees. Solid pick there. Um, you can go ahead and you know, you got pretty good value. If I had a bomb, I, I might blow it up. But, no, that was a great pick. Yeah, and, and, and again, I was really torn on whether I was going to go running back or quarterback or even tight end. All three were on the, you know, were possible. But when Breeze dropped, I, I, I you know, Gronkowski was on the board. He wasn't of much interest to me. I took, you know, to me, Breeze was a no-brainer, and then I was hoping that either Ajayi or Kelsey would make it back to me, but neither one of them did. Yeah, I would have, I would have been all over Ajayi if he would have slipped, but, but you know, different strokes for different folks. So, but yeah, you just, you just missed out on him. Um, so then you got uh, two point three. You got uh, Jordan Reed. Yeah, so that and, was a, a good value. Well. I felt like it was a little bit of a reach, but, you know, when you, you look at, you know, I wasn't going to take Devonta Freeman. I had him last year and 
picking week to week, which week would be a Freeman week and which week would be a Coleman week. That's not something I want out of a top pick, you know, for best ball, I guess it's, it's a little different. Um, I wasn't going to take one of the wide receivers. So, and, 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 and Andrew Luck, who was the last quarterback on that top tier. I, the only other guy I thought about taking there was Russell Wilson. Yeah. I, you know, Jordan Reed, that's a, that's a tough one because if you were a little bit farther down, you probably would have felt better about it. Um, you know, with, with those running backs being gone, seem like QB tight end. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. That's yeah, interesting. And, and, I'm kind of just again, getting to see it. Uh, you know, look, Jordan Reed outscored Rob Gonkowski in points per game pretty much both one of the, at least one of the last two years, but they're very close. And everyone doesn't mind Gronk's injuries, but they do mind Jordan Reed's. And again, I don't draft him that much in a best ball format, but here where there's 720 people and you're trying to win in the tight end premium, you know, you get 7.5 points for a touchdown. Reed, Reed can be a monster in the red zone. So, you know, it well, was I'll a tell reach, you what, but I'll tell you what though, Todd, you know, Todd with one D you made, you made up a lot of ground with your third pick. Okay. Let's, let's go all the way down to 3.10. Okay. You yep. got Leonard Fournette. My guy, I took a 202, got him at 310. So that is a tremendous value. I mean, I'm going to let you talk, but, man, love that. Love it. Yeah, I was shocked. I mean, I had my eye on him for, like, five picks. And a couple times in this draft, I had a guy on my my eye on for five picks who went one pick before me. Not this time. Fournette fell to me, and it was, it you know, I spent about three seconds thinking about that. Yeah, three seconds too long. No, I'm kidding. But that was a monster pick, monster pick. That was, uh, yeah, that's that's just crazy to me. I mean, the amount of touches he'll get, and you know, we can always speculate. Everybody's there's two sides of the fence, of course. People think, you know, maybe he's just they have their thoughts of Jacksonville. You know how I feel about you know Jacksonville's defense and their, you know, their philosophy change and you know their improved you know game script and uh, you know things like that. Man. And Fournette can catch the ball, too. People are kind of torn on that as well. I think he'll get plenty of first downs. You know, I think he'll have, you know, chance of seven to eight touchdowns, things like that. So I think he's a top ten back this year. So, Well, uh, I hope you're right for SFB and wrong for best ball because I don't have a ton in best ball. But uh, I think for this format, you know, on third and one, third and two, they're going to be handing him the ball. Uh, touchdowns are so important in this format. So, yeah, I like him. And then I came back on the next uh, turn at 4-3 and took my second quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. There we go. There we go. I, I, I love it. I was, uh, you know, tweeted about that on, on Twitter. And, I, you know, I'm a rookie at this Scott Fishbowl and stuff, but I really think people were underestimating a lot of people, not you, obviously, uh, but his rushing first down capability and his, um, you know, just that, I mean, he's just, a, he's going to get probably two to three rushing first downs a game, um, you know, with his legs. So I feel like that's a, a really nice hidden upside. So great pick. Uh, I think it's pretty, pretty sharp. I think it's a little earlier than, than in some leagues. I've seen him, I see him go like fifth, sixth round, things like that. 
uh, six rounds is criminal, but but still, I think it is still worth it there for sure. Well, when you look at, you know, we were in the middle of a quarterback run, and I didn't, you know, I, I that was one of those ones where I really didn't want to take quarterback yet. I was hoping to get him in the fifth and the sixth. But right after I took him, Andy Dalton, Eli Manning, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, Blake Bortles, I mean, if I hadn't taken him, the, 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 the quarterback that would have been available to me, the next quarterback, yeah, I mean, Sam Bradford would have been the only quarterback left the next time I picked. So hindsight, I made the right call. Did you? Um, how close was Dak for you? Because I had Dak higher than than Tyrod, but it was close. Uh, how how close was that for you? It was very close. Those were the two guys I was debating between. Um, ultimately, it came down to the fact that there's some concern about Dak. You know, the sophomore slump where Tyrod's been in the league a number of years and has started for two years. And Tyrod was the eighth – I don't know in this scoring system per se, uh, off the top of my head, the difference between the two. But last year, Tyrod, um, the Bills had 21 touchdowns between McCoy and Gillisley, and Gillisley's gone. And they were 31st in run-pass percentage. In other words, they – that you know, only one team passed the ball less than the Bills last year. With a new coaching system, I feel like that's kind of a secret upside for Tyrod that he might be throwing the ball a good bit more. And I also think he can get more uh, red zone runs than he did last year. Uh, TJ Hernandez has McCoy as one of the most likely running backs to regress, and that was the tiebreakers for me. Okay, interesting, interesting. I, like I said, I, I had them pretty close. Um, I was kind of faced Very with close. that decision. Yeah, almost, close almost flipped the coin. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, like I said, it's, you know, a good uh, – I'm high on, on Tyrod in this, in this format. Okay, so let's go down see where you got picks here. Tell them my fifth okay, and so my sixth I, together because that, it, 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 it should, they should be discussed together. Okay. All right. So we got, uh, you went with a tight end run here. You had Hunter Henry at 510, and then you had uh, 603, you had Martellus Bennett. So Marty B. Yeah. Uh, I, again, you know, the downside of tight ends in the flexes is that tight ends are more likely to get caught, hurt, um, than any position but running back. But this scoring, tight end, you know, all the Rotoviz guys are huge on on building SFB through the tight end. And again, I felt like I could get my wide receivers later and I just didn't love any of the running backs. You know, Joe was there. Um, you know, is he, is he even the starter in new England? We don't even know that CJ Anderson and Gore. I, the only guy and, and and Henry is a guy I've been avoiding in MFL tens, but this is this is one of the ones where I just said, you know, I need the upside. You know, Henry, he's got, you know, 
really big upside. And Ertz went the pick before me. If Ertz was there, I would have taken Ertz and then Bennett over Henry if Henry was still there. But I felt like if I took, I felt like Bennett was more likely to drop to me than uh, Henry. And Jack Doyle actually went the pick before Bennett, which kind of surprised me. You didn't. Um, where were you? How were you considering Ebron out there? I think I would have actually preferred Ebron to Henry. Um, wh- how Who? did you? Where, where were you with with Ebron, Eric Ebron? I'm not. I. I. You know, Ebron is uh, probably you know a safer floor, but I don't think he has nearly the upside that Henry has. I think Henry has league winning upside in this scoring system. Um, you know, and, and, and it was, look, at this point in the draft, I've got Reed and Henry, and that's a lot of risk. I was very nervous at this point, but it, 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 you know, what I was hoping and thinking would happen ended up happening and it kind of worked out in the end. And now while everyone else has taken third, second and third tier tight ends and fourth tier tight ends. I've got Reed, Henry, and Bennett, so I'm really – the end result, this could have killed my draft, but I don't think it has. No, you got – I mean, you definitely – what you did get is you got some serious touchdown potential for sure. I mean, uh, Marty B could, um, you know, be a top top six tight end just with, like, uh, touchdowns and stuff. I don't know – uh, in this format, if I if I would think like you get like a bunch of uh, first down bonuses as much, but the touchdown potential is is huge. I mean, he could he could have double, double digit touchdowns. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, you crush. Yeah. For Bennett sure. was Bennett was I had Bennett ahead of Henry, but by a by a a Todd. I mean a Tad. But <laughs> but I I, I I you know I just made the determination that Bennett was more likely to fall than than Henry because there's some people either love Henry or, or, or hate Henry. And I, look, it worked out. I took Henry, I flipped the coin, Bennett made it back to me. Um, you know, I, I would have really been, you know, I would have taken a wide receiver, I think, if, uh, if that hadn't happened. So let's switch back over to your draft. And we've done your sixth pick and we'll go over and look at your seventh pick. And, you know, look, you, you put off getting tight end and Henry actually went one pick. It's funny. It's just the opposite of what happened in my league. Um, Seth Inselman took Doyle and then Henry went, by the way, Seth killed me. He kept, he kept Tim and TJ kept taking my guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, Seth and they're both really good at this. Um, but it's funny. He took Doyle over Henry and Ertz. And in my league, you know, now we had our tight end run a little earlier, but I took Ertz and, you know, our league went Ertz, Henry and uh, Doyle. And, uh, but Bennett went before all of them a couple picks earlier. I love the Ertz pick. I mean, you would have been really in trouble if he hadn't yeah. fallen to you. And then you went with a, another wide receiver with Tyreek Hill. 
and you took Tyreek ahead of Devontae Adams and Martavis Bryant. Um, boy, uh, I got him number three out of those. Why do you like Tyreek so much in this scoring system? Okay, uh, let, let me touch on one thing real quick because this is kind of funny, but um, Dave Richard from CBS Sports is, you know, he's picks right after me and he's got the back-to-back, you know, the turn and we'd be going back and forth. And and, and I took Ertz because I was looking at um, his roster because I was like, okay, who is he not going to take? Because I had a couple guys pretty close. And I was like, all right, he's, he doesn't have a tight end. He's going to take Ertz if I don't take him. Because I felt real fortunate, like you said, to luck out to get Ertz right there. Because otherwise, you know, I would have been in some trouble. So, anyways, I took I took Ertz, and he immediately was was upset. He's like, oh, you just stole my pick, you jerk. And then uh, after that, I had uh, Tyreek Hill, but I know that's a little bit high, um, maybe for for some people. But in this format, even more so, I thought he was uh, pretty good because he's going to get a little bit, probably get another ten to fifteen points of uh, you know first downs on rushing, maybe ten, something like that. So I I thought he was pretty good pick. I looked at um, you know his projections and I added in the first downs and stuff like that. And I thought he was actually uh, you know had a, a a pretty high ceiling. So I went with him. I don't think that he's probably the consensus with a lot of people. Um, but, yeah, Devontae Adams, I, I thought, you know, definitely has a touchdown upside, but I don't think he's going to have as many first downs. I, I wouldn't think he would uh, get more than, like, 35 or something like that. Um, so that that was my thinking there. Yeah, so then you came back and you got Stefan Diggs. Uh, who went right, you know, Jamal, The you, see, you guys had a bigger running back run. A lot of the guys that are going in your draft in the ninth and 10th round might even still be on my board. Hold on a second. Oh, grief. Are you serious? I mean, I oh, thought yeah. you had Dalvin Cook in this. Somebody took him in the mid-seventh. I was like, I'm just getting really frustrated looking at your board. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jamal Williams is still available. And what uh, round are yeah. we in? Joe Williams just went recently, and Jamal Williams is still on the board, and we're in the 15th round. So it just goes oh, to gosh. show you how different these drafts are. Um, yeah. And, and the fact that I got my three tight ends, and this is where it just really worked out for me, is, you know, last year I took quarterback early, and I've told this story three or four times and Kevin Cole didn't go quarterback at all. He just loaded up and we didn't get the quarterback run in my league. And Kevin Cole was able to come back in the 10th round where in another league, he might've gotten, you know, no quarterbacks in our league. He got good ones and he ended up a top 10 team overall you know, so, so much of it, you know, Scott Fish puts us in a position where it's kind of like a shell game and you, you have to like, like, you know, put your chips in and then hope that you get a, a, a good, uh, a good flop and a good, you know, good cards, uh, good right. river. And, you know, th- last year I didn't, but this year, it, you know, I decided to go tight end early and it worked out because I, it was followed by a tight end run. And, you know, people have been chasing tight end ever since I did that. So let's go back to you, though. 
And okay. this is kind of a fun pod. You know, it's not formal. We're just kind of chatting it up. Uh, we didn't do much prep. Uh, so 11th right. round is your next pick, right? Yes. Um, I had Diggs and, and Garcon at the the nine eleven and ten oh two, and then the eleventh pick was. So you uh, had a lot more points. wide receivers earlier than me, but you were again able to you know, again big difference. You were able to come back and get Austin Hooper at eleven eleven. That's my boy. Oh, he went eleven six in mine. I thought he would have gone earlier. All right, man. So I was, you so, I was so happy about that. Yeah, that's a, you know, I mean, he needs to step up because he only averaged five points a game after uh, Tammy went down, but I do think he's going to. And then you came back with a third tight end, and again, a good third-level tight end in C.J. Fedora. Yeah, so these uh, these were these were two guys that I considered taking before, especially Hooper. Um, in my last couple of picks, but I kind of felt like there was a a group of tight ends that I could I could hold off one more run, and I you know look at, again you're looking at what everybody else has on their teams, and you're seeing like their needs. So I think that's a kind of an important thing. Like you said, every draft is different. Um, of course, there's certain values that you need to kind of hold to, but it also just depends on what other people are doing um, and what their needs are. If you're you know. If you're by the turn, you got to wait a long way. So you have to kind of project what guys are going to be around the next uh, next time you get up. So I felt pretty good about having like a, you know, group of like four or five tight ends I could still snag a couple from and kind of go go at it, um, you know, maybe to the next pick. So I ended up taking Hooper and Fedorowicz, and those guys I'm I'm pretty high on um, in terms of like that last you know tier, I guess you could say. Hooper, I, I love, man. I think he's a, a no-brainer um, breakout tight end for this year because he's, you know, second-year tight end. He's, you know, they got Julio Jones and him. I mean, we got just Sanu after that. Um, so, I don't know. That, yeah, I was pretty happy about those two picks to kind of uh, bolster my tight end position. And that and that basically ends Joe's draft as of now. So to review for anyone who's keeping track, Cousins and Prescott at quarterback, uh, Cook, Fournette, and Howard at running back, Baldwin, Diggs, Garcon, and Hill at wide receiver, and Ertz, Fedorowicz, and Hooper. So let's go back over to my draft. We're a little bit – we started out very, very slow, but we picked up. All right, so my next pick is 7-10. I'm looking for you. I'll say it. I got Spencer Ware, and then I came back around with Amir Abdullah. Both of these picks were really, really tough because there was a lot of good wide receivers still on the board, and I had a lot of these running backs rated equally. Um, So after Ware, Peterson went, then I was very thankful that Blount was not on my radar. I, I understand why someone would draft him, but he wasn't on my radar. I took Abdullah, and then again, I got lucky. A, 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 you know, a lot of running backs went right after I took two. And that's yeah. the key, is getting lucky in this, this draft, I think. So, 
Abdullah, Perkins, Lacey, Tevin Coleman all went back to back. A couple picks later, Powell and Henry and then Doug Martin and then Woodhead and then Perrine, Pirine. And all those running backs went before my next pick. What are your thoughts on my two choices? I I love Spencer Ware like that. I mean, he's a little bit, uh, you know, under the radar, I would say, in this. But man, I I love I love him in this format. I think he's he gets a big boost with the the first down potential, and you know, people are kind of overblowing. I think the the Kareem Hunt um, hype. Not he's he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I just think that Spencer Ware is still going to have, you know, a good value, and he's going to get first downs. He's going to you know he's going to be. Um, I don't know. I think it's a great value at seven ten. That's that's for sure. Yeah, I was happy. And Abdul is, again, a guy I'm looking for upside a little bit more in this draft than I normally would because of the fact that there's 720 people. And you're going to need some guys who, you know, are seventh-round picks who end up being top, you know, three-round value. Um, and then you go down to my ninth-round pick. Take a look at who I took at nine ten. Oh, well, there you go. Kareem Hunt to 910. Okay, there you go. So anyone who has listened to me, I've talked about stack cuffing, and I've talked about wear and hunt, and that the way it activates to to do <clears throat> a stack cuff is if you get a value on the first guy. And I felt like 710 for wear was a great value. And I was really torn. I was going to wait until 10-3 and hope that um, that Hunt fell. I wanted Jamison Crowder, and he ended up oh, going yeah. at 10-2. And I ended up taking Kelvin Benjamin, who's a guy I think that fits this system better. So I waited to the 10th round to take a wide receiver to go back to the whole point about how you know, I just de- I determined I was going to go zero wide receiver and then pray that I ended up getting enough good ones to make it, you know, to, to, to just be competitive and then win at quarterback, running back end and tight end. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I think I think those were were good picks. I, I, I think it's interesting. You got the Ware and uh, Kareem Hunt duo. I think that's pretty good value with those. Uh, with that range too. So that's pretty interesting. So are you going to, I'm guessing you're starting both of them and kind of just hoping for, you know, both of their production to kind of, um, well, it's, you know, it's even not out. a it's best like, ball. So we'll see. My feeling right. was let's lock up, let's lock, you know, Kansas city running backs with, with Macklin gone. I think they're going to throw more to their backs and I don't know who's going to win. I, I think it's going to be a two third, one third deal but I don't know. I think where's more likely to start the season is the, the two third guy, but we both know that injuries happen. And if one of them goes down, the other one could be a monster. So, right. You know, I, I felt really good about that stack cuff. And then Benjamin's not my favorite wide receiver, but the, the other guy I considered taking at 10, three was uh Cobb. And then you see that that uh, after Benjamin, before my next pick, Fedorowicz, 
Clay, Engram, Brait, Watson, O.J. Howard, Hooper, and Gates all went. So this is where you can get lucky in these drafts with these runs. And so actually Meredith was the main guy I wanted. Cobb was third. Meredith, again, went one pick before me. Greg Greg sniped me on uh, Crowder even though that one doesn't bother me as much because I already had Reed. Uh, but this one I wanted Meredith. But Cobb, Cobb's not a bad second wide receiver at 11-10, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, you're, you know, you're, the rest of your team is going to carry you, um, and these guys, you know, can can definitely have some, some good weeks. And Randall Cobb is, you know, he's got a uh, – he's getting thrown from uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's going to have some good spiked weeks. So I think – you know, I think 11-10 is a pretty good spot for him. Yeah. 12-3, I took Matt Forte. And that one I regret a little bit because I really like Kenny Britt, and he was on the board. But I've seen Forte go in the eighth, ninth round in this in these drafts. I just felt like 12-3 was just way too late for him to still be on the board. Yeah, I think Seth, I think Seth took him in ours. I got to check to see when he took him. But he took him like uh... – I think like the tenth round or something like that. I can't remember. Maybe a little earlier, but he was uh he was joking about his all geriatric team that he built. <laughs> he had like Frank and he Gore. He took him at ten four. I need to find. Oh, he did. Okay, yeah, there you go. It's, it's pretty tight, man. It's a pretty tight um, ADP over in that stitch division. But yeah, I think you know. I think you you hit a good. I, I don't like Forte, but at twelve in the twelfth round, absolutely. And then the guy that I hoped would fall this time. Made it to me at thirteen ten. I and, and both the guys I wanted at thirteen ten and fourteen three were there. And again, we had a run on, you know, second level. You know, third. Now I have all the running backs I need, and a bunch of them went. Uh, Tom Savage went at quarterback. Latavius Murray, Britt, who I, uh, you know, and and a bunch of guys I didn't want. And then this is the key to my team. I needed a good third and fourth wide receiver. And I got a 13, 10 Adam Thielen, who I like a lot. And at 14, three, I got Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace was the 28th scorer in regular PPR last year. And he's going in, in MFL tens as the 47th receiver because people figure, well, they signed Macklin. Well, Macklin's getting Steve Smith's role. I can't see him getting that many more targets than Steve Smith did. Pitta, who had who was second in the team in targets, is gone. I, I think I think Mike Wallace is severely under uh, appreciated right now. And so, so I ended up with Thielen and Wallace, and that, that ends where I am right now. So for anyone, I'll sum up my draft for those. So I guess what I'm saying is, and, and you can tell me what you think, I took a chance by going tight end heavy early and then wide receiver, you know, running back and, and just prayed that I would get decent wide receivers and I, I feel, considering I didn't start till the 10th round, 10th, 11th, 13th, and 14th, I picked up Benjamin, Cobb, Thielen, and Wallace. What's your thoughts on my wide receivers? 
you know, I think I think you pulled up, pulled it off for sure. I think there's a couple there's a couple you know spots and tiers just depending on where uh, you know where you are in the draft and where where everybody else is at, where they kind of drop off and stuff. But I think you uh, I think you you know uh, staffed your weakness pretty well. Yeah, and that was that was it. That was so. Now I feel like you know I feel like I'm in really good spot here, and I just need to you know stay focused and have a good rest of the draft. Um, I wish I had a third quarterback, and I don't. Um, not sure exactly what I'm going to do yet, and if I did, I wouldn't tell anyone right now. Uh, but I got Breeze and Taylor at quarterback, Abdullah, Forte, Fournette, Hunt, and Ware at running back, Benjamin Cobb, Thielen, and Wallace at wide receiver, and Bennett, Henry, and Reed at tight end. A lot of risk on the team, a lot more than normal, but again, in something like this, you're going to need a little risk. Yep, it's true. It's true. So we're going to do a little bit of news and notes, uh, I, unless you have anything else to say on SFB. No, I mean, I'm just kind of figuring out on the fly. I mean, I think that's what we're all doing. I think some um, some people are a little ahead of the curve, and I'm, I'm by no means uh, one of those guys. I, I've definitely been, uh, been interested in this format, been doing my best with, like, you know, just the projections and watching what everybody else is doing and kind of, you know, making sure that I'm, I'm, uh, you know, proactive before, you know, those 20 picks that go by, but man, it's, it's a, uh, it's a fun d- format for sure. All right. So we're going to move on. We're almost at the hour mark. We'll try and do a speed round on some news. Um, I think that was fun. I mean, it wasn't uh, as focused as some of our other pods, but th- that was by design to kind of go through our draft and explain our thoughts as we were going. Um, Kirk Cousins is unsigned by the Redskins. I recently read a blurb on him on Roto World, and, you know, I think that I, I, I just don't understand the Redskins not locking this guy up. Do you? Man, it's, you know, you know me, I, I grew up in D.C., I'm a big Redskins fan, it's taken a toll on me, and I have plenty of opinions on, on the organization, um, you know, they, they botched it, they plain old botched it, they have uh, Bruce Allen's, Bruce Allen is kind of an idiot, um, he dug his heels in, and he screwed the whole thing up, to be honest, they should have locked him up um, last year, um, and they didn't, they could have got him for cheaper, and they made him prove it, and he did, and now they're in a they're in a bind. So they're, they screwed it up. Well, and according to this note and Roto world is, is loading very slowly for me, of course, because I was, I took a nap and I didn't, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I didn't computer, print it out, but it, uh, yeah. uh, here we go. A source with knowledge of the situation told pro that internal disagreement exists within the Redskin organization regarding Cousins' actual value. And that's what boggles – in other words, that's what we've heard all along, and, and, and it's Bruce Allen who doesn't want to pay him. And it's just – it's asinine. When you look at how hard it is to find a quarterback, there's a very good chance that they're going to lose this guy now. Yeah, yeah, there's – 
it's it's embarrassing to be honest. I mean, at this point, it is difficult because he has all the leverage. I mean, Kirk Cousins does not need to take any kind of a discount. I mean, or give them any kind of a discount. So there's really no. Um, it, it wouldn't make sense for them to just, you know, give him this whatever he demanded. I mean, now he's in the driver's seat. I mean, but that's where they're at. They, it's their fault for doing that. They could have had him at a, you know, much discounted price if they did this before, but they they screwed it up. So now it's they got to pony up or they will lose him. So it's really, I mean, everything is is in Kirk Cousins' court, really. Well, and that's the, that's the great point that you just made. You know, what teams do is they leverage players and they get them to take less than market value because they can franchise them for two years. And because the NFL has so many injuries, most players won't risk the injury and they'll, they'll, they'll rather take less than market value and sign a long-term deal. Well, Cousins said, screw it. If you want to pay me $20 million this year and $23 million next year, I'll play on it. And so basically, instead of going to him, you know, he called their bluff, like you said, and now he's in the driver's seat because all he has to do is make it through this year. And, yeah, they could transition tag him, but, you know, it's going to end up costing the Redskins a lot of money, and there's a very good chance that they're going to lose them. The next yeah, bit in go ahead. Fin- you go, no, you got no, last no I just as a, as a Redskins fan, it's just embarrassing and it's really frustrating. So I've just I'd like to move on to the next subject. <laughs> okay, that's good because uh, the next subject is also embarrassing for a completely different reason. Michael Floyd suspended four games for violating the league substance abuse policy. Roto World writes, Floyd was arrested for DUI in December and tested positive for alcohol during his house arrest, violating the terms of his sentence. He claimed the positive test was triggered by kombucha tea, an excuse met with plenty of skepticism. Um, So the NFL didn't buy his uh, tea excuse, and he got a four-game suspension. Joe, your thoughts on the Michael Floyd situation? Well, right now I'm I'm pouring one out for him, actually, as we speak. Um, you know, that's the problem, man. That's the problem when you get in these situations and you get suspended and, you you know, like you can all – they want to give you second chances and, and stuff like that. But when, you, when, when you've already got suspended, you've already screwed up, it takes something like that to, uh, you know, put you out. I mean, Martavis Bryant better be careful. Like he – I know we're all on the bandwagon – but man, if he screws up, even even if it's an accident with some kombucha tea, even though you know, even though it probably was BS. I mean, it, who knows? There's all kinds of ingredients that you never know, like what could be in it, in something like in a supplement or something like that that'll that'll bust you. But anyways, yeah, he's he's done. He's done. Yep, and I mean, you know, talk about a guy's value just completely falling through the, you know, the floor. Uh, he had a, a pretty good year a couple years ago with the Cardinals, and then he was awful last year. He got cut, went to New England. And if Bill Belichick doesn't think you're worth signing, that, that's always a bad sign. This, this could really – I won't say it's the end of his career because he's got the talent to be successful, but he's put himself in a position where there's no guarantee that the Vikings are going to 
uh, keep him on the roster after this suspension. All right, we'll move yeah. on to um, – go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say the dilemma it puts a team in is, is from a roster standpoint. You have 53 spots. If somebody's going to be – you know what? What is he going to do? He's not. He doesn't really contribute on special teams. They have you know other receivers on the roster. You're not going to carry you know seven re- receivers or something like that. You know, so like they, it really puts them in a bind to keep you. It's like they want the talent, but at the end of the day, they have to you know suit up 53 guys and they have to all contribute somehow. So it it really puts them in a bind uh, to land on a team. Um, you know, he might have one more shot. Uh, but man, it's it's uh, it's coming to an end for him if he doesn't get it get it together. Poor play and having problems is very very you know potential is grand, but after a while people stop believing in the potential. So uh, as, yeah, that one's a tough one. The the third bit of news on our list is Zeke Elliott. Um, Adam Schefter has been reporting for a while. And Roto World did talk about the growing sense that Zeke Elliott will face a short suspension for his involvement in a 2016 domestic violence incident. I mean, this this has gone on forever. And my question is twofold for you, Joe. On one hand, what are your thoughts on the way the NFL handles this, is handling this, and just the fact that the court case was dismissed and it's long gone? And yet the NFL is still looking for a way to suspend this guy. Um, And then obviously, you know, let's say he gets a two game suspension. He's been going as the number three guy off the board overall with a two game suspension. Where would you feel comfortable drafting him? Man, um, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough because it definitely knocks him down for sure a little bit, but you know, I think, I think with, Darren McFadden being free, you can kind of patch, you know, patchwork a little bit there. Um, but, yeah, definitely knocks him. I feel like Antonio Brown goes above him now, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe even a few other guys. I don't know. I'm I'm not really, like, super scared of the suspension necessarily, but I definitely am not going to uh, draft, draft him in the top, like, you know, five, six picks at that point. Um, so he moves him back back a little bit for me, uh, but I don't think it's I don't think it's like a deal breaker. So two game suspension. Are you taking Zeke Elliott or you know? Okay, you said no to Brown. How about uh, Odell Beckham? McCoy the over him, I think. I think I'd even take McCoy over over Elliott. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I'm more likely to take Elliott. Uh, but it depends again for best ball. We saw what uh, Bell could do. I, I, that's a tough one. I, I'm not. I'm not as sold on McCoy this year as some people. You've got age, and you've got new coaching staff. Um, you know, but I, I would put. I'd put. You know, if I found out tomorrow there was a two-game suspension and I knew it was over. Um, I probably draft him seventh or eighth. Okay. You know, I, I, I think that, I think that you know what you're going to get with him. Uh, but maybe I'm crazy. Maybe Melvin Gordon and McCoy go ahead of him and AJ green goes ahead of him. 
you know, I, I, I could see you looking at it two ways. I could see him falling right below Beckham fifth, or I could see you saying, all right, McCoy and Gordon, A.J. Green and maybe Mike Evans, and that drops him down to about 10. Yeah. I, you know, the more I think about it, I, I don't – I think I would – man, I'd, I'd probably even take uh, maybe a Jai over him too. Um, I don't know. This, it's interesting. I'm about to keep thinking about this. What do you think McFadden is going to be worth? You think he's going to jump up, right? So what, what is he going to be worth? I don't have a lot of interest um, because two games, it's the same reason I'm not that interested in J- uh, Jaquiz Rogers. Uh, I'm not interested in, a, you know, to win an MFL 10, which is mostly what I'm talking about here. To win an MFL 10, I, 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 you need a guy who can give you more than two really good weeks. Uh, so, sure. you know, I'm more likely to fill up my uh, running backs a little earlier. I, I don't have a problem taking a shot or two on McFadden in the 18th or the 20th round. But you, you, you do realize when you take him that late that what you're really hoping for is an Elliott injury. You know, if you're drafting him because of two games, I think you're you're making a mistake. Well, so how about this though? Okay, so let's let's just throw a scenario here. So say you take McFadden in like the eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth round. Say twentieth round, since he's pretty much free now. Most people aren't drafting him. I'm assuming, you know, he'll he'll bump up if there's an, a suspension announced. But if you're drafting right now, and you get Elliott at say the eighth pick or seventh pick or something like that and then you take McFadden in the 20th round you know to kind of hedge your bets then you you got a two-game starter you know and then you got um, Elliott coming in after that so you you're gonna have you know that That, I get what you're saying that I I get that that I could deal I could deal with that and mostly because I haven't been finding a lot of really great value late in these drafts lately um, a lot of the guys that I really like, the industry has pushed them, and you're just not finding them. But I'll, I'll tell you, okay, so let's look. McFadden right now, I'm on the best ball app over at Rotoviz. Uh, McFadden is now running back 67, okay? Got it. So we'll go to the end here. And uh, Shane Vereen is is falling again. He's uh, number 65, and there's only eight picks between them. I'm taking Shane Vereen over McFadden every day uh, because I think he's got the chance. He, he's got sneaky upside to play every week, not get some carries on top of being the third down back. I'm not convinced Paul Perkins is going to be, you know, every first and second down because they played Vereen uh, as, as kind of not only a third down back, but as kind of the, you know, the guy who rests the starter last year before he got hurt. You've got DeAndre Washington only a little earlier. Rex Burkhead to me at 193, the 62nd guy off the board is someone I like a lot more. I think everyone's yeah. just assuming Lee is going to get the job. I mean, see, that's the kind of chance that can win you a league where McFadden can get you two games and then you're hoping for an injury. 
I mean, if Burkhead beats out Gillisley and, you know, there's quite possible that that happens. Now you're talking about a guy who can, you know, pay off like seventh, eighth, ninth round value. So I'm a lot, you know, again, in a vacuum, McFadden late, handcuffing him, maybe Elliot. But th- there's other guys that I'm going to draft and try and get upside out of more than uh, more than Darren McFadden. Sure, sure, sure. No, I get it. I get it for sure. It's kind of like it's a, it's a little bit like Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo, D'Angelo Williams, but you got what four games out of him? Is that what it was? Yeah, uh, but uh, but again, you know, with a drug, susp- you know, a big difference between a, a, a domestic violence suspension and a drug suspension. You know, these drug guys, there's always the concern that that, that they're going to have a relapse. The domestic violence thing, I, I don't think he's going to go out and, you know, I mean, it could happen, but, <laughs> uh, you, you know, the chances of it happening and getting a second suspension are much less than with a drug guy. Well, you know what's you know what's wild about it is just how weird his off season has been. I mean, it's not it's not really just the domestic violence thing that would be the repeat. It's that he's getting in these random car accidents, you know, quote unquote, and he's had like two or three car accidents he's been in. He had the the nip flip, you know, <laughs> incident on the uh, when he was partying and stuff like that. He was, you know, when he's under investigation for domestic violence. So like. He's clearly not getting it. He's clearly not too savvy. Um, so he could easily do something that's in the public or in the NFL eye and get suspended or get, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. You've been in a couple of car accidents. You might might have some propensity to injury. I don't know how serious they were, but it's kind of interesting. It's just very odd. Yeah, I, 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 I guess. But, uh, you know, uh, and, and Alfred Morris is also still there. And McFadden has his own history of being injured. Uh, I, I still, I'm just not going to draft him. So we're going to finish up with uh, a, a, just a quick blurb, and then I'm going to play something funny off of it. Um, free agent Johnny Manziel is on uh, Manziel is on uh, Roto World. He said he had a couple conversations with NFL teams about returning to the league. I I don't see it. I think, you know, very, very, very unlikely he comes back. Uh, but, you know, back when he first got busted, you remember the Snickers commercial he did? No, I don't, actually. It, you know, um, it was, you know, at the time they were doing the Snickers commercial and you're not yourself and, unless you have a Snickers right. And then he did the one where he was leading a dance class. Okay. And uh, and then like a football player comes in and goes, Johnny, you're not yourself unless you have a Snickers. And um, right. so at the time I was into calling him Johnny Rehab way before it became like so obvious that that's who he was. So on my second ever podcast, I did this uh uh, you, you ever hear of 2001 A Space Odyssey? Yes. So I did this. Uh, I'm, stay on the line. I, I want your opinion of uh, it was 2014 A Rehab Odyssey. So instead of going out with the song tonight, we're going to go out with this. But I'm going to keep Joe on and uh, see what he thinks of 
me back when I would put some clips together. Awesome. 2015, a rehab odyssey. Come on, gang. Work those thighs. Who's got a pelvis? Now do some arm circle things. Add a little jazz to it. Now, now, do, now do this. Now let me see you boogie. What's my name? Johnny, what are you doing? I'm doing aerobics. I'm Johnny Aerobics. No, you are Johnny Rehab. What are you doing? I remember now. I'm Johnny Football. No, you are not Johnny Football anymore. You are Johnny Rehab. I remember now. You all's right. I am Johnny Rehab. I gotta remember that. It's okay. You are not yourself when you're hungry. Here, have a Snickers. Thank you, Hal. Mmm, that is tasty. Mmm. Hey, what am I doing? Eating a Snickers bar. I'm f***ing Snickers bar. I want some blow or some weed. Hal, you gotta help me out. I need just a little something to take the edge off. Hal, please. Please, Hal, anything. Just a little taste. Oh, Johnny, this is so sad. You are a complete screw-up and cannot be trusted. First, you end up in rehab, and then you work hard only to fall back into the same habits, and now you are third string. Do you want to be out of the league completely, all because you want another taste? Yes, yes, anything, just a... Just some dancing girls. Where's my dollar bill? I need to roll it up. Oh, heavens, heavens me. Guards, guards, please take Mr. Johnny back to his cell. I mean his room. And take away his key. And all rights are now revoked. No, no, anything. Just a little bit. Just a little. Please, no. I'm Johnny Football! Snickers, it satisfies, unless you are a drug addict, and then you will just end up in rehab under my care. Now, about time I go check on Josh Gordon. Boy, those Browns sure do keep me busy. Meep. (laughs) That's it. Oh my gosh! Wow, that's that's wild, man. That's wild. Did, did you one? How did you come up with that? Uh, I have a sick mind. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, hey, well, I'm probably in the same boat, man. I'm probably in the same boat. I actually, um, I actually have not. I I thought you were talking about Mystery Science Theater like 3000 at first. I didn't realize what you were talking about, and then I. And then I was starting to look it up while you were talking. I was like, man, I I don't know what this is. So I was kind of catching up with it on the fly. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it was a big deal when I was a kid. Uh, uh-huh. You know, but, uh, I, you know, I thought about it and I, I, I can't, uh, I can't leave on Johnny Rehab. So I, I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to lead us out with, uh, with uh, another one of these old NFL film songs 
Uh, Joe, it was great having you on again. Have a good one. Thanks, Todd.